It's October 31st, 2022. This is a special edition of Rook. Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 211 of Rook and a message to the United Nations. Words are not enough. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Istanbul, where we're speaking to Iranians in this global city near Iran supporting the uprising. Salam, Dustanazis. Durur Bashama. A message to the UN. Words are not enough. To be clear, your words were never enough. The goalposts have been moved. You're no longer sitting in complete silence. But issuing little statements and sending out missives is not going to end the Islamic Republic violence. You see, United Nations, seven weeks in and counting, for all the amazing energy of the global demonstrations and human chains, for all the appreciation of celebrity endorsements and Coldplay feeling our pains, for all the inspiring videos of all of us in the diaspora marching and chanting and repeating smart rhymes, we cannot lose sight of the fact that what is actually happening in Iran is a series of war crimes. And surely the time has come to graduate from lexical condemnation because this brutal regime has proven repeatedly that it doesn't give a shit about verbal remonstration. How is it that so many in the world are now recognizing this horrifying theocracy in its kind, but the UN and international voice is so pathetically behind? To recap, the costs of an entire people fighting back against a murderous regime led by young girls and boys and new generations of passionate fighters for the cause of freedom are high. Children are being murdered, teenagers detained and tortured, writers and filmmakers and journalists imprisoned and executed, citizens being shot for honking the horn of their car. Dear UN, once again, do you have some kind of international reference we can cite when it comes to basic human safety and survival, something that you previously thought through? Turns out you do. The United Nations Declaration of Human Rights, the document that enshrines the rights and freedoms of all human beings, first accepted by the General Assembly as Resolution 217 during its third session on December 10, 1948 in Paris. By now, all member states of the UN have ratified at least one of the nine binding treaties influenced by the declaration. It said the UDHR has influenced legal, political, and social developments on both the global and national levels. It has 530 translations, the most of any document in history. Well, that's impressive. What does it say? Let's take a random look, shall we? Article 3. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. Article 5. No one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment. Article 9. No one shall be subjected to arbitrary arrest, detention, or exile. Article 11. The presumption of innocence. Article 19. Freedom of opinion and expression. Article number 1. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. Dear UN, is there anything at all in those articles and many more that the Islamic Republic regime of Iran is good for? Is there any doubt that what the regime is engaging in right now in its war on the people of Iran is a contravention of the spirit, specifics, and statements of this international declaration? 
Hey, United Nations, it's time for concrete action. And yes, some of your spokespeople have made some statements. Thanks. But let's get serious. You know, back in the 1980s in Canada, there was a song written in the effort to bring attention to a desperate situation in Africa. The song was called Tears Are Not Enough. The idea was that we may sit in the West and shed a tear, but that's not going to feed people or stop atrocities from taking place. Well, maybe now it's our turn to reinvigorate that slogan with respect to the quiescence of platitudes and statements of support. People are dying. The situation is critical. The regime has no ethics and words are not enough. For this revolution to happen and for the brave women and men of Iran to close this deal, there needs to be more effort than issuing verbal solace to appeal. It's time for concrete action, or we call your bluff. Hey UN and international organizations, words are not enough. This is a special edition of Brook from Istanbul where we will have our roundtable and be joined by three Iranians living here who've been on the front lines of demonstrating in Turkey and who join me to give us their perspective from this proximity. This is Rook, episode 211, The Uprising, live from Istanbul. in Istanbul. I'm in a studio, in a small studio, on the Asian side of Istanbul, a little area called Moda. And uh, I'm in Istanbul, and but we do have our Rook Roundtable on our team who have been carrying through uh, all through the uprising. Pega, are you there in Toronto? I am. Hello. Hello. And Shia, you're there as well in Toronto, right? Yes, sir. Hi, All right. So we're uh, across continents, but we're we're together. Um, it's good to hear you guys, and it's good to be here in Istanbul. Um, let me say that coming up on this show, uh, now I, I, I'm here partly because we're shooting a documentary about uh, the uprising in close proximity to um, Iran here, that the, the activists, the people who are protesting here and supporting the uprising uh, in Istanbul, which is, of course, very close to Iran, um, geo- geographically, some would say culturally, etc. Um, three guests coming up on the show that I spoke to earlier today, Shailin Asadolahi, an activist and actor who studied architecture but's working in theater here in Istanbul now and is uh, very active in the Iranian protests here. She just came to Istanbul in the last year. Dara Salmanian, who's a fashion designer and artist, um, He's got quite a history in Iran where, with this regime where he was arrested twice. He was put into solitary at one point for 22 days. He's now been in Istanbul for a few years, and he's uh, um, making a name for himself here, but still very passionate about Iran and, and has developed a whole new clothing line that speaks to uh, um, the freedom movement for Iran. Um, and Amir Asghari, who is a portrait photographer originally from Mashhad, a uh, young guy who uh, began as a photographer in Iran, um, couldn't do the kind of work he wanted to do in Iran, ended up coming to Istanbul four years ago, um, also very active in the protests here and has a great perspective. Uh, now, each of these people coming up on this show 
it's it's interesting. We're doing this a little differently, Shai, as um, I actually recorded these interviews, uh, wanted to do this on location. So they're done in different parts of Istanbul wow, uh, over the last 24 hours. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I like how you're saying that as if you don't know this. <laughs> you're, you're literally engineering the show, but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's so it's going to be a different sound for those of you who listen through the podcasts normally, uh, as, especially if you're regular listeners. It's going to be a little different because I'm on location. Uh, the other difference is, and this is a, this became an obvious reality after. Um, you know, spending the last two or three days here speaking to interviewees, et cetera, uh, that it's very difficult to do um, to get a lot of guests here in English. So um, a, a, a majority of these interviews are done in Persian. Uh, and um, I think that's going to be the case for most of this documentary that we do. Of course, visually, that means you can we'll, we're going to be able to put um, English subtitles. Uh, for, for people who are watching it when the doc comes out on YouTube or Instagram or whatever but for now if you're on the audio platforms and you're one of our non-Iranian listeners or one of those or a non-Iranian or an Iranian who doesn't um, speak Persian um, it, this might be a little challenging this episode uh, but we've got our round table first so stick with us and maybe you'll understand some of what's uh, what's coming up in the interviews too so um I'm eager to hear what it's been like in the last few days in um, in Toronto, back home there, uh, and I'm eager to tell you some things about what it's been like here. Yeah, Who we're wants excited. To start? We're excited to hear about what's going on over there. How's uh, the general vibe been? Have you met any Iranians yet? Of course, and what have you learned? <laughs> met a lot of Iranians already and uh, obviously the people that we're interviewing we've interviewed a few more people than you're going to hear on this program uh, today um, and um, it, it, as you know it, there is a large Iranian community mm -hmm. in Istanbul very large like it, it's hard to understand the exact numbers but um, it's up to a million Iranians in Turkey and a majority of those are in in Istanbul. Wow. Um, but there's a lot of people visiting here too. I think the stats are something crazy. Like I think in 2021 there were 4 million Iranians who visited Turkey. Um, so so this is the destination as a lot of Iranians listening will know this is the easiest place one of the easiest places for Iranians to be able to come to with with respect to visas etc if they want to mm -hmm. go on vacation or leave Iran so that leads there to be a lot of people who beyond the people who already live here or who've moved here more recently um, there's a lot of Iranian tourists here etc um, and Everything that I've ever loved about Istanbul, of course, is true. The the nexus of uh, East and West and Europe and Asia and, and Muslim and Christian and all of that and the beauty of this city. Uh, but I will say it's a very, very a real stark contrast to what I am seeing and feeling in other diaspora cities, like uh, certainly in Toronto or um uh, New York or you know, I haven't visited LA in the last seven weeks but what I see in LA or Berlin or or London in that the protest movement here those supporting what's going on the freedom movement in Iran uh, is much more 
uh, I would say, necessarily muted here. In other mm -hmm. words, it's not as apparent, despite the fact that you walk on the street and you hear people speaking Persian. Um, the flags, the signs, the protest signs, the, the signs in the windows, the kind of thing you're going to see in Toronto, especially the north of the city, you simply don't see here. Now, there's a number of reasons for that um, because the people I've we've spoken to here are passionate about being Iranian. And in, in the case of the interviewees you'll hear today, because they've been protesting here as well, they're passionate about, about the movement in Iran. Um, but it simply isn't as visibly visibly active. We'll get into it in the interviews. But, but if I were to give you some quick point form, I would say a lot of the Iranians here, um, as you would know, Shia, and, and um, I mean a lot of people in the diaspora understand this about Turkey. They they can come here um, more simply on a visa, but it's not necessarily a secure one. It's not there mm -hmm. isn't a guarantee you can stay in Turkey forever or That's you know right. in the West, etc. So a lot of people who are here don't know how long they're here for and if they may be sent back or may have to go back uh, anytime. You know, mm -hmm. so that leads a layer of that adds to a layer of um, trepidation about being too vocal or acting out that somebody who is comfortably moved to San Francisco may not feel. Um, the second thing is that is that there's a there's a great concern here amongst the people I've spoken to so far, and I, we kind of knew this already. In fact, people flagged this about us even coming here that that the regime in Iran. I mean, look, we're what an hour flight away from major cities in Iran here yes. it's 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 pretty close so that the regime tends to have a, have its tentacles uh, in Turkey um, mm -hmm. in terms of agents here IRGC here and tends to track people and their families here um, so again there's a heightened level of concern mm -hmm. that you know that the person who's running around the streets of Montreal and saying you know um, death of the dictator or something uh, doesn't necessarily feel and then finally i mean the, here in in turkey uh in it is simply culturally and legally not as open and friendly a place to protest um <laughs> it's not the vibe that yeah. uh in toronto where the cops are handing people water and going all right you know <laughs> high-fiving the protesters um, so, so for all of those reasons, it's interesting. The conversations seem to be happening on a, you know, in a, in a, in a more, I don't want to say underground, but, uh, because obviously there are protests here, there are, mm -hmm. and there are people that very active here and active in social media here. And some of them are the guests that we're, you know, we're, we have on the show today and we'll continue to be uh, throughout the week as we interview people for this documentary but it's a very it's a very different kind of vibe here because there's all these added layers um, to wade through in terms of what people feel like they can say and do mm. was there any human chain yesterday there like here in I, I don't think so I mean I think that I think there was some advertising for it and I think there was maybe some people to, and correct me if I'm wrong if you're in Istanbul and listening to this and you were part of the human chain but but um, even the people that we've spoken to here who are active protesters um, th there's not an agenda of protests mm -hmm. uh, again you know you can't bring your 
our Toronto mindset where there's <laughs> the community is out there every night, you know, yes. uh, to, to Istanbul. It's a different vibe here. And, and once again, I should, I want these disclaimers not to take anything away from the passion of the people who want change in Iran. Yes. Um, but you know, it's simply closer to Iran and closer to the yeah. vibe, I guess in Iran. Right. Yeah. What's been the, um, the response from the Turkish population? Do you see that support there? Well, you'll hear in these interviews that actually um, it's something that's really interesting with it. There's, there's been a, I don't know if it's a reality or if it's a stereotype, but people have always told me, including Iranians who live here, that, that oh, you know, the Turkish people don't love the Iranians. They kind of give, give you a hard time. You don't get the same level of service. They're, they're annoyed by how many Iranians. You know, the migration to Istanbul, to Turkey, is... is has been relatively recent. Uh, it's only in the la- you know in the big numbers, right, Pega? You know, you've you've actually researched this a little bit. Like it's yeah. like, uh, I mean, what it's two thousand and nine was probably the first wave, so it's it's quite new. Yeah, so as many Iranians as there are here, I guess if you're a Turkish person in Istanbul, it's like, whoa, where did all you guys come from? All of a sudden, you know. So there's been this this notion that the that for Turkish people, it's Iranians are some kind of imposition. I have to say that everyone we've spoken to so far, um, and I'm, there may be exceptions, but everyone that we've spoken to so far, including the people we're intervie- interviewing today, and and folks I've met anecdotally, or you know, have, uh, sorry, I've met uh, incidentally on the street, or people that we've we're going to interview that we've talked to, everyone has said the Turkish population that they've. Um, encountered and been been you know around in the last seven weeks has been very supportive very mm-hmm. supportive of iranians very supportive of the freedom movement very supportive of of action being taken um <clears throat> it's interesting because it feeds into partly into um something that is increasingly becoming a reality that i, th- I think we're going to talk about a lot and mm-hmm. um if i if i wasn't so angry at the u.n i would have done my opening essay about it which is that the world the world has kind of changed in the last seven weeks. Yeah. Yes. Definitely for Iranians. Oh, but yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I would even go so far as to say the world has changed. But but for Iranians, anywhere in the world, everything has changed in the last seven mm-hmm. weeks. And so the relationship, as they're telling us, um, that Iranians have with the Turkish people in, 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 Istanbul, in Istanbul and the support they're feeling now is different from what it was six months ago. It's very interesting how it's all shifting, you know, and and they feel the same thing. The Iranians here feel the same things that we do in terms of that, <coughs> excuse me, that rebirth of Iranian pride that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And that, in fact, you know, we had the that wonderful woman who was um, in Mashhad who was on our show last Thursday saying that you know she's 30 years old she's never been proud to be an Iranian she's always felt like it was a curse to be an Iranian woman and now in Mashhad in just in the last seven weeks six weeks she's a proud Iranian so that's that's inside Iran and that's definitely something that is happening here in Turkey as well yeah interest when uh, revolution 1979 happened Khomeini famously said that we have to export our revolution. But I think he meant this revolution. <laughs> we are exporting this revolution yeah. to the world. It's being exported 43 <laughs> years later. Yeah, thank you. How, how was, you asked about the human chain. How was the, I mean, obviously I saw the, 
the the all mm-hmm. the videos and everything from different cities and a lot of them from uh, Toronto. I kind of missed that. I I didn't get to be part of it. How was the human chain uh, in Toronto? Pina? I mean. I mean, it's been incredible. I keep, I I feel like I keep saying this every week about how proud I feel to be a part of this and to see that um, shared sense of solidarity and unity. But um, I think at every single rally, demonstration, event, that uh, that sense of pride just increases. Um, I actually went to the human chain with my whole family and you know it was unbelievable to see the thousands of people that poured down to poured out onto young street to show their support um you know i was only there for about two hours but uh, even driving back home uh, up on young street it was you know unbelievable to see young old um you know iranian non-iranian i mean anything that you can imagine and, and see from the videos i'm sure that have yeah. been you know going viral it was just it was incredible well, I listen, I have to say, I mean, I, I was very proud to see how many people came out for it and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, sitting in Istanbul looking at the videos, it's it. Now, I have to be careful here because I don't want to <laughs> 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 don't hate on me for saying this. If you're a part of the human chain, because I know there's a lot of passionate people who and it was and it was I heard it was very well organized, yeah. but it it doesn't have the same optic appeal. Like there was the there's the drones that that show the the human chain, you know uh, how long it is and stuff, but it, it simply isn't the same visual splendor as seeing a hundred thousand people in Berlin. You know, it doesn't have that same kind of. So I was curious on the ground what it what it felt like, like because you're <coughs> you're you know you're part of something big, but mm-hmm. you're not you're not surrounded by thousands of people in the same square, right? How how did that feel? Yeah, I mean, you could only see as far as, I guess, the eye could see from where you were standing individually. But I think, and and I don't know, I mean, I I haven't spoken to any of the organizers or anything, but I'm assuming that the idea behind this was to engage people who don't necessarily take part in something like this. So, you know, the, Mm. the average person who's just driving on Young Street, you know, going about their Saturday, um, they see, you know, a stretch of 20-something kilometers or, or whatever it was of people standing there with signs and chants and slogans and all of that, and it raises right. that awareness. So it's that awareness piece. Um, but something about the organization that I have to mention, um, it was incredibly organized. Um, down to the details of the chants, there was actually a telegram page that the volunteers were circulating so that everyone could say the same chant at the same time. And it's it was amazing. a live... Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know everyone was holding their phones and they would see the chants live and so everyone was saying the same thing at the same time and it was i mean i was actually brought to tears at one point to see everyone you know echoing that same sentiment and everyone kind of being on the same page and, and just that unity it was beautiful wow did I you were you I part of it uh, sorry were you did you wake up in time to go to the <laughs> human chain <laughs> sorry okay. no well, i know you <laughs> did you go on the human chain did you were you part of it um actually <laughs> no i mean i, I couldn't wake up early ah okay so, yes, yeah because uh, i know it was in the morning <laughs> yeah yeah it's not easy for musicians you know the human <laughs> chain <laughs> in toronto was in the morning anyway what yeah. what you know something that you said though pega that i feel like is uh um, we're gonna have to talk more about this and 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 do a proper maybe do a show on it or something. But something that I I think is very unique to what's happening with this this revolution, you know, this this sort of global action in the Iranian community is that, um, and it's not always being done well because in some cases people 
fire at each other like a circular firing squad you know and we've talked about that before the shaming mm-hmm. and all of that some of which is legitimate but some of which really isn't and it's people yeah. just attacking each other but but there's an interesting um cultural thing that's happening which is that um people are keeping each other in check mm-hmm. um and and there's a real integrity to it I, um you know, again, I know there's exceptions to this, but, but for example, people are very sensitive internationally, I think, to no one um, using this movement for their own monetary gain, you know, for exploiting it. You know, if somebody is seen to be doing that, they get called out. And so there's this kind of group energy where people are trying to look out for each other and mm-hmm. and keep everybody on the right track um and and I, I really think that's an it's an amazing thing it's bumpy it's weird at times but i see it happening and i think well you know we're kind of taking this for granted but but everyone has to kind of um respect each other you know in in mm-hmm. terms of the way the way this is moving forward um, to the point where if somebody stands up and says, I'm the leader, you know, everybody goes, no, you're not, you know, we don't have a leader or, yeah. or something, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's very, very, um, um, measured that way as a, as a, and, and I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's almost this like unspoken agreement to stay true to the main purpose. It right. Is, is the best way right. I can put it. It's like everyone for the first time within the Iranian community is on the same page. It's this collective goal. We all know what we want and no one wants to, you know, diverge or go on any sort of tangent or, you know, like you said, whether it's monetary gain or leadership or, or anything else, it's just, you know, stay true to the purpose of what we're doing here. And that's it. That's what matters. There was a, um, in terms of going through what's some of the things that have happened since our last program on Thursday. Um, I mean, there's these, there's a few viral moments, and one mm-hmm. of them, of course, was um, uh, the the British band Coldplay, um, who, uh, you know, props to Coldplay, right? Like, I mean, there's there's yeah. people who, uh, uh, I, I certainly have friends who aren't Coldplay fans because they. I don't know, they sold out or they were too pop for them or something like that. You know, sometime back in the early 2000s after that first album, it's like, ah, I don't like this band. <laughs> but they really have consistently tried to be on the right side of things, you know. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Like, it's like you, these guys using their platform in Argentina That's right. to talk about Iran, to play this Baria song, to bring Goldschifte on stage. The whole thing is really moving. Like, hey, way to go, Coldplay. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, right? It was, it was a sold out show of 70,000 people. I mean, that's unbelievable to have a platform and to use it in that way. And like you said, you know, to be on the right side of things. I mean, imagine how many people in that stadium might not have known about this and now they do see i bet you shy is the kind of person who doesn't like the cold play oh <laughs> i love them actually i, I oh you do of, oh. one of yeah one of the best concerts i've ever attended was yeah. a cold play and, and oh, okay yeah mm-hmm. and and also gold shifter she's so lovely i mean the way she, she was great oh yeah she was great, she was great yeah everything but, about the way they did that by the way she yes. did that was so was so um eloquent you yeah. know it was it was so non i don't know it just felt very true and, yes. and lovely and beautiful and and it captured the imagination of of uh, everybody because mm-hmm. everybody was sharing the videos of it right yeah and even her clothes i mean uh, yeah. I, I love everything about the the act yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It was a really, you know, in and amongst horrible news coming out of Iran, these kind of moments of unity and inspiration um, are really, really valuable, I feel. You know, Mm -hmm. there there was more news on the weekend about, I mean, there was, you know, there's every time another new kid dies. Mm. And the, the 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 young chef, the nineteen year old chef that oh, we've yeah. we've um, seen the, the the photographs of, and there was more. There was another. Uh, we talked about. Um, uh, I guess it was three or four weeks ago. The the massacre of Zahedan um, mm-hmm. and what's happening in Sistan, which some people have actually used the word genocide. And there was more of that on the weekend in terms of um, the br- brutality in Zahedan that. Um, uh, and some of the outlying areas that you don't you don't necessarily see in the in the big cities, and that's saying a lot given the brutality that's taking place in the in the big cities. So um, we, we're continuing to get that daily dose of of things that break your heart. And uh, hey, UN words are not enough, you know. Fuck, and 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 then something like the Coldplay and Gold Shifter, they just go, ugh. That's so. That's so nice. That restores my faith, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it it means a lot. Yeah. On that note, um, you know, we heard about the crackdown on the universities as well. That was also some of the news that came out, which was, I mean, you know, we've been seeing it. We've been seeing it for six, seven weeks now. But I just feel like every time these news come out, it's just gut wrenching to see. Um, the brutality and just the ongoing brutality of it. Um, there were so many videos and things like that that came out of Tehran and Mashhad specifically with students being beaten and detained again. Um, although although, although one of our, our guests today that you'll hear coming up, Shailene, I think said this, um, was saying, I mean, you know that dictate that the, that the regime announced on, mm-hmm. I think it was on Saturday where they yeah. said, from now on, you know, anyone protesting, we're really going to crack down. And, and, mm-hmm. and she was saying, in this interview, I think you'll you'll hear it. Um, she was saying, w- "Really, like, w- what more can you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you what 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 could be worse than what you've done? You know, uh, this is why this is why people don't are not afraid. They're not respecting this anymore because mm-hmm. it's like what you've already done to us is is." Um, is unforgivable. So you issuing threats that you're going to make it worse. I mean, what does that even mean to us, right? Yeah. yeah. I actually had the quote from the the general who said that because I, I wanted us to talk about this and I wanted to look at, you know, how ridiculous it was what he was saying. And so I'm just going to read the quote really quickly. But what he said, and I believe his name was General Hossein Salami, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And he yes. was, uh, he's the commander in chief of the Iran Revolutionary Guard. And so he said, today's the end of the riots. Don't take to the streets anymore. Um, and um, don't ruin your future. <laughs> Today and is the end of the riots. <laughs> yeah. And, and he That's said, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. he made note of, um, you know, these, these youth that are protesting to not ruin their futures. And all I could think when I read that and heard it was, what future? I mean, if it's not for these youth being out on the street, there is no future. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I started the, the this episode with an essay about the UN. It mm-hmm. just gets me really exercised because they, they these international uh, organizations that are ostensibly set up to you know, you know I mean like again, what does the Declaration of Human Rights mean, right? But anyway, but I won't get I won't read the essay again. But what but I was going to say is. There's there's some kind of open letter that um, uh, Michelle Obama is part of. Mm-hmm. 
Pega, would, what, what was that that happened in the last 24 hours? Um, so it was an open letter written to the UN by a collective of what they've labeled as women and allies. Um, and, and so it included a list of individuals. Um, one of the things they did was they took out a full page ad in the New York Times um, and just brought some awareness to what's going on and uh, put a copy of the letter that they've written, um, put down the names of some of the influ- influential individuals who have signed on to this letter. So you mentioned, you know, Michelle Obama, Oprah, uh, Shirin Ebadi, um, and the list goes on. I mean, there's 40 or some odd, 40 some odd signatures, if I'm not mistaken, of influential individuals. And then there's a link where you can actually go ahead and, and add your name. So show your support, add your name to mm-hmm. the letter. Um, and it's an initiative that was started, I think, uh, over the last couple of days. And it's gone viral and um, something good. that a lot of people have shared. So, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, the w- the remember, website. Actually remember the old days when we were wondering where Oprah was. Yes. Everything, <laughs> everything's moving so fast now that uh, we like Oprah again, right? Now we have to keep up. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oprah's good now. Yeah. Uh, um, the right. website for it, actually, just in case anyone hasn't signed on to that and they're interested, is womanlifefreedom dot today. Nice. Uh, uh, anything else you guys wanted to mention? Uh, did you see Justin Trudeau was in the uh, oh yes. rally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, the Prime Minister of Canada was at, at, uh, attended one of the rallies on the, the human chain rallies, I guess. Well, it was weird. It wasn't a human chain in Ottawa. It was. They seemed like they were it walking. It was a rally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a rally, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I read an article that it started as a rally and then there's, um, there's a bridge called the Alexandra Bridge where they went and they stood on both sides and that was the ah. chain. So I think okay. that happened towards the end of the rally. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about uh, Justin Trudeau turning up? I mean, in terms of that, the news gets viral and again bring more yeah. uh, like yeah. attention. So I think it's good. I think yeah. it it doesn't hurt, but I'm not convinced yet. I think he needs to do more. <laughs> right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, wh- one thing that I did notice was that. Um, it it got a lot of news. It did. Like that's the reason why it's good to have a prime minister. Because I was kind of you know, I I I, I kind of wanted to be a bit cynical about it. I thought okay, what well, you know, um, although I, you know I do think it's great that he that he he turned. I mean you know, lots of room on the bus. Come on everybody, let's mm-hmm. go. You know, but um, but but it it ends up getting press and it ends up yeah. you know suddenly. Um, the news feed was in terms of Canadian news at least mm-hmm. was full of uh, pictures of Justin Trudeau walking in a rally which which is what helps it's it's funny because this this what what happened in earlier this year with respect to Ukraine that we keep doing in contradistinction we go okay well look at all the people that supported Ukraine and were there mm-hmm. for Ukraine and weren't there for Iran it feels like in some ways the same things are happening in terms of global support for Iran, but incrementally, like in in terms of Ukraine, it happened seemingly in a week. Like we were all like flying Ukrainian flags. Let's you know, and and with respect to Iran, it's kind of a a ball that that keeps rolling and and growing, and um, because it, it it firmly does feel like celebrity culture is now on side you mm-hmm. know and now now leaders are feeling like they have to come and be mm-hmm. part of this um, global leaders whether it's Michelle Obama or Justin Trudeau or whatever really are feeling that the need to to say something well, I'm sure probably comes from an honest place too but you know um, where four four weeks ago uh, or less we were wondering where they were 
and and the next step though really has to be institutions and governments and 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 major corporations because mm-hmm. really it hasn't hit that point again as evidenced by continued virtual silence from the UN other than some statements um, it, it's that's the next sort of step uh, and again that that happened a lot faster in terms of uh, those chips falling with respect to, to Ukraine which admittedly is a a different situation in a different part of the world um, with a different history and so um, you know that that thing that we've been talking about on our program in so many of these episodes where our guests say well you know there's this these stereotypes and there's this fatigue and this idea that oh it's the Middle East this mm-hmm. happens all the time who cares um, that narrative is changing and um, it feels like we're we're getting somewhere in terms of global real global recognition and I would just say this week something that I'm feeling and strangely enough I'm feeling it here in Istanbul even you know where you don't see as much as I say visibly as much protest um, is a confirmation that the revolution is unstoppable Mm -hmm. like it just now it feels like um, you know it wasn't even it wasn't even um, just the people inside Iran that we were thinking uh, are these brave young women and men and these these teenagers and all these are they going to be able to to sustain are they going to be able to keep going are they going to be able to 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 hold their strength in the face of crackdowns and and internet blackouts and all that and we saw them sustain that but even I was thinking even in you know at, at the demonstrations in Toronto I was kind of thinking well this is great we had 50,000 people but is this going to keep up are we going to be able to is this and and really it is. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, again, in terms of the world has changed. Uh, everybody's on board. Yeah. This, this is no, there's no stopping now. There's no stopping. It's, there's going to be a revolution. And some of the language around, well, it'll probably happen in the next 10 years. Some of that is ebbing. And it's like, no, this is, this is happening. And uh, it could happen a lot faster than we, we ever thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that article that came out in The Economist that um, I think that was the title of it <clears throat> is, you know, it, something it alluded to, you know, is this revolution happening? And, and I opened that and I was reading it. And then afterwards, I was looking at the comments on it. And it was almost unanimous, the comments that you would see that, yes, this is happening. It's not even a question anymore. Mm-hmm. So just to your point, I think, you know, that that mind frame is is definitely shifting. Just before we get to our guests, can we talk about the the rapper who's been detained in Iran. I saw um, Airfon and a bunch of people posting about mm-hmm. this. Um, uh, um, tell us about that, Peg. Yeah, so um, Tumaj Salehi, who is um, a rapper and has been very, very vocal, um, he was arrested in the western province of Chahar Mahal and Bakhtiari. And now my, my Iranian geography is not that great, but it's important to note where he was arrested because um, what actually happened is that the IRGC came out and they issued a statement and they said that um, he was arrested on Sunday because he was trying to cross the border and flee the country. Now, where he was arrested is not even a bordering province. Yeah, it is in the middle so of Exactly. <laughs> it, it's in between Esfahan and Khuzestan, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, correct? Yeah. So it was, you know, he was arrested and, you know, with, with what's happening, it's obvious why he was arrested and the fact that he's so outspoken and he has been for quite some time. Um, led to his arrest and his detainment. Um, but it, it's, you know, like any of these arrests, it's it's heartbreaking because, again, we, we have no information on what's happened to him since Sunday. Um, there's, everyone is worried about... But it's about so, 
it's just it's it's confounding that they think that like how is this going to like what what is the thinking here if we arrest everyone <laughs> we're going to calm people's anger by you know randomly arresting just like everybody i mean what you know mm-hmm, it yeah. is it, it is a it is a regime on the run you know yeah. they are on the run yeah and uh, also by by arresting him people like they get motivated to listen mm-hmm. to his music more and more. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and no to speak out. Yeah. yeah. Well, his music has been known, um, or rather, labeled by the IRGC as propaganda against the regime, and for it's made to insult the leadership, is what they've said. So you know, it's fuel to the fire. I mean, arresting him, like Shia said, the people will listen more, and it's just aggravating. All right. And also okay, tomorrow, so tomorrow uh, oh. I have to mention that is the 40th day for after passing Sorry uh, uh, Elizade, mm-hmm. which uh, I think it would be again another 40th anniversary, mm. which people yeah. go and yep. Right. Yeah. I think since Massa's um, killing, it th- you know we we're gonna see the 40th of every single one of these people moving forward, and I think each of those days will be each of the commemorations will be. Um, likely the spark to more protests. So that'll be something to watch for. Uh, I am here in Istanbul. This is a special edition of Rook, the Uprising, live from Istanbul. Uh, let's get to our first guest. Thank you, Shia and Pega. Uh, shout out to Toronto. Um, miss you guys on this side of the uh, the ocean. But um, uh, I'm really excited to share these conversations with the, the guests we had um, today because there are three brilliant voices here uh young voices in the protest movement supporting what's happening in iran but in istanbul uh and a reminder that these interviews are in predominantly in persian uh so be prepared for that uh although i try and i ask in english and then it just turns up ends up being in (laughs) persian uh and these are on location so the sound will be a little bit different so should we get to our first guest please Yes. yes let's go all right so the first guest is an is an actor and activist who only moved to Istanbul in the last year. Uh, Shailene Asadullahi studied architecture in Tehran and then got involved in theater. She has performed in various European cities. Very passionate about Iran. She actually comes from an activist family where I think almost all of the members of her family have been imprisoned at one point or another by the regime. Uh, I met uh, with Shailene this afternoon in a public square in old Istanbul on the European side. Here's our conversation. Hi, Shailene. Hi. Nice to see you here. Nice to see you too. Um, tell me, first of all, how you've been feeling in recent weeks. Oh, it's too complicated and uh, how can I tell you? And I, I prefer speaking Farsi because I can explain more my emotional about this weeks. میتونم بگم که احساسم یه احساس غرور همراه با خشمه که تا حالا تجربهش نکردم همیشه یه خشمی بوده که سرخورده شده همیشه یه غمی بوده که هیچ وقت بیان نشده ولی الان هم افتخار میکنم هم خشمگینم و هم میخوام خشمگین بمونم it's crazy how it almost feels like everything has changed in less than two months. Everything is different. Exactly. 
اصلا خود منم باور نمی کنم که این اتفاق افتاده ولی میشد پیش بینیش کرد از چندین سال پیش مخصوصا از اتفاقات دوره‌ای که گذروندیم به هر حال هر ظلم هر ظلمی که اتفاق میفته یه لیمیتی داره یعنی شما نمیتونی یک روش رو برای سالهای طولانی بخوای برای آدمایی که زیادن مردم کشورن اعمال کنی و اونا واکنش نشون ندن ولی خب ما همش اینجوری بودیم که چون اینا یه ذهنیتی تو ذهن ما گذاشته بودن که قراره یه امام زمانی بیاد، قراره که در آینده به ما یه کمکی بشه، ما هیچ وقت به حال فکر نمی‌کردیم. و اون آینده دور الان برای ما نزدیک شده و تبدیل به زمان حالا شده و خیلی um, you haven't been in Istanbul for very long. I mean, you've been living here for two years, three years? Yeah, I've been there near to one year and half. Oh, one year. One year and half. Not long at all. Given that you've come here quite recently, yeah. is it strange to not be in Iran while something this dramatic is happening inside Iran? Yeah. Ah, uh, right. هر کدوم از ماهایی که میایم اینجا یک دلیل خاصی داریم یک عقبه خاصی داریم برای اومدن چون اول این سوالی که یک کسی از شما میپرسه که چرا کشورتو ترک کردی قبلش بعد این سوالو بپرسه که چی شد که نخواستی تو کشورت بمونی این سوال مهمتره به خاطر اینکه من به عنوان یک زن به عنوان یک دختر، به عنوان یک فرزند خانواده، به عنوان خواهر یک خواهر، خواهر یک برادر و به عنوان یک شهروند به رسمیت شناخته نمی شدم. مجبور بودم سانسور کنم، مجبور بودم حرف نزنم، مجبور بودم از خواسته هم بگذرم. مجبور بودم اصلا انسان نباشم. اون چیزی میخوام میخواستم باشم که اونا خواسته بودن. حتی تو مدرسه، توی دبیرستان، توی دانشگاه وقتی دارم تو خیابون را میرم وقتی دارم میرم سر کار هیچ جا هیچ جا نمیدونستم کیم نمیدونستم میخوام چیکار کنم حالا شرط خانوادگی و فشارهایی هم که بود به کنار من فقط دارم الان از یه شهروند میگم من اصلا وجود نداشتم برای همین ظرف دو هفته تصمیم گرفتم همه چی ول کنم و بیام حتی فکر نکنم و خانواده من مخالف بودن چرا ترکه بخاطر که راحت تر بود What was the what was the turning point? you were like, I've got to go. That's it. I worked hard in Iran. I مدت زیادی ازش خبر نداشتم برای بار اول خب بار دومش هم که من اینجا بودم چرا زندانش کردن در حقیقت اینه که آگاهی رسانی میکرد و یک فعال اجتماعی بود و داشت برای احیای حقوق آدم هایی که توی اقشار دیگه ای دارن زندگی میکنن فعالیت میکرد از کارمند از کار شما فقط لازمه که نفس بکشی و اعلام کنی دارم نفس میکشم توی این زمان اونا خوششون آید شما رو میگیرن چون یک حکومت ایدئولوژی محور داریم ما یک حکومت توتال توتالیته داریم یعنی yeah. حکومت متمرکز داریم که صدای مخالفی رو نمیخواد بشنوه و تو این مدت هم همش ما رو پوش کرده به جهت اینکه اون جوری که من میخوام فکر کنیم حالا الان ما خیلی اتفاقات داریم ما فکر می‌کنیم که ایرانیایی هستیم که اتحاد نداریم حالا شما خیلی راحت می‌بینید اینا همش بازی‌های خبری خودشون بود 
همه قومای ما ایرانو دوست دارن و تا زمانی دوست دارن که بهشون به عنوان یک قوم اهمیت داده شه و بهشون حقوق داده شه بهشون حقوق انسانی داده شه حتی ما این که تو تهران زندگی میکنیم حقوق انسانی برخوردار نبودیم حالا چه برسه به اون بلوچه کرده هرچی Part of where I was going with the question was, do you feel, I don't want to say guilty, some people have talked about that, survivor's guilt. You're safe, you're here in Istanbul, there's other people in the battle. But given that you've, your family's there and you've come here so recently, does it feel strange to, and I know you've been at the protests here, does it feel strange to not be in the protests in Tehran? Yes. خب آره خیلی سخته من احساس گناهکار بودن نمی کنم به خاطر اینکه این شرایط برای هر کدوممون انگار پیش اومده هر کدوم ما به نوع خودمون تصمیم گرفتیم که یک حرکتی انجام دیم شاید من با خروجم از ایران این کارو میتونستم بکنم یکی با موندم البته که دوست داشتم الان تو ایران باشم و کنار دوستان باشم بله اون لحظه که رفتم دیگه به اینجام رسیده بوده و احساس گناه چیزیه که اینا میخوام چه من به عنوان ایرانی خارج از ایران چه به عنوان یک ایرانی داخل ایران انقدر قدرت دارم که بتونم موثر باشم ولی اینا میخوان این تفکر رو به شما بدن هر جایی که هست غیر موثری بعد احساس ناراحتی کنی باید غمگین باشی از حضورت اصلا چرا از ایران رفتی بیرون حالا که رفتی هیچ حقی نداری کی گفته اینو من میتونم خروج کنم چرا خروج کردمش به عهده شماست چرا من نموندم پس شما بعد احساس گناه کنی نه من ولی من رفتم اینجا میتونم موثر باشم من نمیرم تو خیابون من شاید الان کشته نمیشم ولی هر بار که یکی که کشته میشه من صد بار بیشتر کشته میشم به خاطر که اون احساسی که اون میتونم احساسو درک کنم که اون خانواده وقتی عزیزی رو از دست میده چه کیفیتی رو داره یعنی چه کیفیت از احساسو داره حس میکنه ولی کار ده از دست بر نمیاد ولی باز میگه که خب باشه من یه ایرانی خارج از کشورم هم. میتونم این همبستگی خارج از کشور هم به وجود بیارم حتی تو این کشور ترکیه که به هر حال شرایط خیلی سخته اینجا نه به خاطر اینکه حالا حیات خلوت ایران آره به بیانی حیات خلوت ایران هست ولی بیشتر به خاطر اینکه ایرانی هایی که اینجا هستن از حقوق شهروندی پایداری برخوردار نیستن اینه همشون باید یه سال دو سال دوباره کیملیک بگیرم و میترسن و خیلی داستانه دیگه ای که اینجا وجود داره ولی هر کدوم از این بچه که الان اینجا هستن من اصلا قبلش فکر نمیکردم اینطوری باشه یعنی زیاد دوست نداشتم با ایرانی اینجا معاشرت کنم با اینکه از ایرانی بودن خودم همیشه لذت بردم ولی الان نگاه میکنم همه آدما تو هر طیفی که نامگذاری شده براشون که حکومت این القاب داده به ما اون فلانی نمیدونم مطربه اون یکی پلنگه yeah. اون یکی نمیدونم بی عقل اینا رو همه رو اونا دادن به ما همه اینا برای هدف مشترک حالا دور هم جمع شدن پس همه‌شون صاحب عقلن و شما این که بی عقل که همه رو بی عقل I mean that that's a common theme که در این 6 هفته هفته اخیر There's a, there's a new feeling of pride. First, I thought that was just something that was happening in North America, you know, for those of us who've been outside of Iran for years, decades. Then I realized that was happening in Iran. It sounds like that's happening in Istanbul, too. Tell me about that. How your identity itself has shifted in the last few weeks. چیزی به اسم ایرانی بودن باعث سرخوردگی ما بود یعنی اصلا یعنی تا چند هفته پیش 
یعنی وقتی شما خاصی بگی ایرانی هستی مثلا من یه جوکی میساختم میگفتم اگه بریم جهنم پاسپورتمون رو نشون بدیم میگه ای تو ایران به دنیا آمدی خب رد شو برو و هممون حالا هر کی با دوز کم و زیاد یه جوری خجالت میکشید از اینکه ایرانیه از اینکه بخواد اعلام کنه که من ایرانی هستم یا با مشکلات زیادی هم روبرو میشد آدمای دیگه فهمی که شما از کشورت فرار کردید به این فکر نمیکرد نمیتونستی بمونی ولی بعد این شش هفته خب بعضی وقتا فرار میکنه آره بعضی وقتا فرار میکنه ولی اساساً اتفاقای فکر کنم اساساً دلیل آدمایی که از ایران رفتن اینه که دیگه نمیتونن بمونن از خرج هزینهشون بر نمی اومدن شاید شاید اون موقعیت که بعد دیده بشن دیده نمیشدن شاید به اعتبارشون قد ارزش گذاری نمیشد با من انسان نمیدیدنشون ولی الان تو این شش هفته من با افتخار تجربه ای دارم چند هفته پیش ما رفتیم توی کلابی نشستیم و یا هنگ ایرانی پخش شد و تمام زنای تور با ما به افتخار ما پا شدن و اون آهنگ ایرانی آهنگ خیلی معمولی بود شروع که هم با ما خوندن و دستاشون رو سینهشون گذاشته بودن و میگفتن ما به شما افتخار میکنیم ما همش فکر میکردیم که شماها اینجوری فکر نمیکنیم و الان شماها برای ما انگیزه و ما رو خیلی گرم تو بغل گرفتن و خب میدونین این یه حسیه که من تو تو کشور خودم تجربه نکردم و الان با افتخار هر جا که میرم میگم میدونید چه ما پیشرفته ترین نوع انقلاب رو داریم تو جهان انجام میدیم که زمان میبره صبوری داریم میکنیم داریم هزینه میدیم حتی از انقلاب اولمون هم خیلی پیشرفته تره ما دیگه از ایدئولوژی رد شدیم رسیدیم به ایده رسیدیم حتی ما از رهبریت رد شدیم این دیگه رهبر نمیخوایم رسیدیم که تو بستر خودش خودش نشون خواهد داد که چه اتفاقی باید پیش بیاد من الان تو این موقعیت نمیتونیم بگیم که کی میتونه لیدر باشه لیدر لیدر داشتن خیلی خوبه ولی برای زمانی که شما داری به این فکر میکنی که اون لیدر شما رو از این موقعیت بیاره بیرون هیچ لیدر این موقعیت حالا ما شروع نکرده و قرار نیست پیش ببره این مردم هن که انتخاب خواهند کرد یعنی مردم ما به این آگاهی رسیدن هی زمان ببینن بسنجن و انتخاب کنن بین گذینه هایی که هست و خودشون خوش رو معرفی میکنن حالا چه خارج از ایران باشه شده و من میتونم اینو بگم ما یالمه گزینه داریم و بچه های فعال سیاسی که داخل ایران هن و الان تو زندان ها و صداشون شنیده نشده هنوز چون نمیذارن شنیده شه وقتی این بچه ها بیان بیرون هم از بچه که دارن کارهای سندیکایی میکنن هم از بچه که دارن کارهای گروهی میکنن بچه که دارن برای حقوق بشر کار میکنن برای بچه های کار right. میکنن ما این دقیقا و یکی از افکاری که خود واسه این حکومت کرد تو ذهن ما اینه که ما احتیاج به لیدر داریم با خاطر اینکه میدونست که لیدر خواهی چیزی که ما ازش چهل سال پیش گذشتیم و نتیجه معکوس گرفتیم چون از ما یه بار انقلاب دزدیده شد در نتیجه مردم ما با یک بگراند منفی دارن به این مسئله نگاه میکنن همیشه این وحشت وجود داره که آدم بعدی میاد بدتر نباشه اصلا قرار نیست آدمی بیاد برای گروه بیاد برای یک دولت بیاد که اونو ما انتخاب میکنیم کس قرار نیست با ما دیکتش کنه حتی اگه دیکت همشه من میدونم مردم ما از اون عبور باز میکنن یعنی به این آگاهیه رسیدن و این،, این طرز فکر دقیقا ایناست که میگن چون لیدر نداریم نمیشه نه few months back when I was here in Istanbul that 
sometimes the Turks are not fond of the Iranians here or they're not friendly um, or they're a little uncomfortable with the number of Iranians who've come here, etc. That's what some people say. Um, somebody was telling me yesterday that they have found that not to be true. That in fact, right now, yeah. there's a lot of positivity towards Iranians and there's even a lot of support yeah. for Iranian sisters and brothers happening amongst the Turkish people in Istanbul. Tell me what your experience has been. Yes, I was همش همین رو بهم منشن میکنن که چرا اومدی اینجا کسل گوشید دوزی داشته ولی دقیقا دو هفته پیش من رفتم همون ایسکای پلیسی که اینجا هست و یک برگه رو امضا میکردم همون آدم ها برگشتن گفتا الان ما میدونیم چرا شما اینجایی و خیلی جالب بود که اینستاگرام من خواستن و گفتن اخبارتو به ما بده بخاطر اینکه ما هم یه انسانی میفهمی شما ها داریم پس این شما ها نبودیم that's what we've been wanting people to say for our whole lives. There's horrible things happening in Iran. There's kids being killed. There's women being detained and injured and killed. Um, nothing's been won yet. What is your... I know you come from a family that's been quite active. And I think all of your family members at one point or another have been imprisoned. Um, what, what is your sense of where this is going to go? Oh, hop. میگن حکومت ایران هنوز با تمام قدرت نیامده بسند خب دیگه چه جوری با تمام قدرت بیاد بسند دیگه باید چیکار بکنه که بگه تمام بچه کشته زاهدان و قتلام کرده کردار رو خودشون گفتن now we're going to you know crack down on people after like what else can you already do کسی که در معرض خطره یه سگی که میخواد آخه میگن سگی که میخواد بگیره دیگه واق واق نمیکنه تو اگه میخواست اگه تونسته بودیم الان جمع کنی تو الان جمع کردیم این واق واقعی که داریم میکنی از ترسته یعنی اینا دیگه ترسیدن که دارن تهدید میکنن کسی که تو موقعیت تهدیدهای بزرگتر از چیزی که هست قرار میگیره یعنی میدونه به آخر رسیده میگه چنگه آخرمو میذارم بشه بشه نشد تمام من فقط این بپرسم چی کار دیگه باید بکنه قتلام که کرده بچه کشی کرده زن کشی کرده دزدیده آدم ها رو تجاوز که کرده خب دیگه چی کار داریم میخواد با رگبار بیا خب با رگبارم که بسته هیچ کاری دیگه اینا اینا چیزیه که خودش از برای خودش میسازه که بگه اما اون اما رو اینا خیلی تو ذهن ما ما هنوز اون کاری که باید نکردیم تو همه کارتو کردی ما هنوز همون کاری که نباید بکردیم 
باید بکنیم و نکردیم ما هنوز اونجوری که باید به حساب شما برسیم نرسیم اون کسی که هنوز داره مایی نه اونا Your sister is not in prison right now. در حقیقت با وسیقه بیرونه. Okay. و شوهر خواهرم کیوان محتدی هنوز تو زندانه و 177 روزه که توی بازداشت موقته. خواهر wow. منم بود و هنوز دادگاهشون برقرار نشده. خواهر چی میگه الان این روزا؟ تهران دیگه. آره. اون عقیده شخصیشو داره که ترجمه خودش مطرح کنه ولی میدونم که یک انسان آزادی خواهه همیشه زندگی و زیستش همین شکلی بوده هم خودش هم شوهرش و آدمایی که تمام زندگیشون رو پایین گذاشتن برای اینکه حق واقعی انسانی دوباره احیاشه و این کاری که در تمام زندگیشون کردن چه از مترجم چه از معلم و زیستشون خودشون یعنی زیست اینا گویای اون چیزی هن که هستن You mentioned this earlier you were explaining this but Uh, let me ask you in a bit more detail. It, I've been saying this to a few people I've been talking to here that it's strange to be in a city where, in this moment, where there's a huge population of Iranians, but to not see as much protesting, to not see the Iranian flags everywhere, to not see the kind of large demonstrations we're seeing in so many other cities around the world. Um, What, what is your sense of why that is not happening here as much? Uh, Notwithstanding the protests that have been here and you've been at them, etc. But yeah, yeah. I was there, I was there, and I was که این قرار رو اجازه شو بگیریم مجوزش رو بگیریم یک ارتباطاتی داشتن با گروه هایی که خب حکومت فعلی ترکیه با اونا موافق نیستن و خب شما بهتر میدونین سرکنسولگری ایران حکومت ترکیه رو مثل که تحت فشار گذاشته به خاطر اینکه این اطلاعات رو داده که این آدم ها با این آدم ها ترکیب شدن و اینا یه جور خرابکار محسوب میشن ولو اینکه ایران و ترکیه الان توی موقعیتی هستن سر آذربایجان و نخجوان که این موقعیت ملتهبیه چون همونجوری که میدونیم کشور ما میخواد یه جور جنگ را بندازه یه جور خبرها رو معطوف کنه یه جای دیگه و ترکیه نمیخواد این باجو به اون بده که این اتفاق از طرف ترکیه بیفته بخاطر اینا خیلی محتاط‌تر برخورد میکنم و منا... یعنی فراخور مناسباتی که اینجا با ایران وجود داره خیلی منطقیه که اینا نخوان اون چهره از ترکیه رو به جهان نشون بدن چون موافق منافعشون نیست و من این حق رو به مردم کشورم هم میدم کسایی که دارن اینجا زندگی میکنن با تمام سختیایی که دارن طی میکنن خیلی محافظه کارتر از آدم‌های دیگه ای باشن که در کشورهای دیگه آزادترن یعنی ما باید نسبت به همدیگه خیلی صبور باشیم و شرایط همدیگه خیلی خوب درک کنیم با اینکه ما خیلی جمعیت داریم اینجا ولی چه جور جمعیتی داریم معمولا بیشترشون جمعیتی هستند که به خاطر مشکلات مالی اومدن شرط استیبلی ندارن من هیچ وقت نمیتونم از اون آدم توقع کنم بیا حالا شرط تو خطرناک کن و این بیا اینجا اعتراض ولی میتونم حمایت کنم میتونم آگاه سازی کنم میتونم دیتا بدم دیتا بگیرم A final question for you. I mean, what if there is a free Iran sometime in the new, near future? 
I mean, just as a fun question, what's the first thing you would do if this regime was gone in Iran? من دوست دارم که برم و تو آموزش پرورش اونجا کار کنم. به خاطر اینکه فهم کنم هر کدوم ما یه دینی داریم که باید به کشور ما ادا کنیم. مهمترین بخشم که ما دست دادیم تو حکومت اسلامی بخش آموزش پرورش اون بود. ماها رو تمام آسیبایی که من یادم از بچگی از دبستانم خوردم و دوستانم نسلای بعدی چیز بهتری رو تجربه کنن اون چیزی که میخوان رو از کشورشون بگیرم من شاید بتونم با عنوانی معلم اونجا کار کنم چیز خیلی بزرگ نمیخوام دوستانم فقط یک انسان پویا باشم اونجا هران چه بیشون مرسی تنکی بودشتر edition of Rook, episode 211, The Uprising, live from Istanbul. I'm here in the studio on the Asian side of Istanbul. Um, and I want to get to our next guest, Dara Salmanian. So Dara is a, a painter, a fashion designer, uh, a mural artist, uh, and the founder of Dalsin Art Products. He's based in Istanbul. Um, he was arrested twice in Iran. He's been placed in solitary confinement for 22 days at one point. He's quite outspoken regarding the current events in Iran and has uh, long been a voice for Iranians. And um, I met with him in his studio on the European side of Istanbul uh, earlier today. This is a conversation with Dara Salmanian. Dara John, it's nice to see you. Me too. <laughs> um, it was interesting because... Uh, one of the things about coming to Istanbul at this moment and doing these interviews is we feel like we can't come here and talk about a bunch of other things when there's a revolution happening in Iran and there's kids being killed. And, and I heard um, when we were booking you that you actually said you don't even want to do the interview unless we're talking about what's going on in Iran. Tell me about that. Tell me why. In, in English or in Farsi. اول اسخایم کنم که بعد مجبورم که فارسی صحبت بکنم چون خیلی نمیتونم تو انگلیسی اون چیزی که هست توضیح بدم ولی خب همم ناراحتیم الان بخوام اگه از شرایط الان خودم بخوام بگم اینه که فقط به فکر اینم که اگه توی ایران نیستم حداقل بتونم یه کاری بکنم که یه کمکی باشه هر چی هر چیزی که هست از همین جا اگه بتونه کمکی بکنه اگه بخواد اخباری رو انتشار بدم اگه بخوام صدای اونا رو از طریق هنرم بخوام به گوش بقیه دنیا برسونم چون فکر می‌کنم این خیلی مهمه و 
مثلا فکر میکنم اگه من چیزی بلد هستم یه چیزی یاد دارم از, از هنر از آرت الان اینجا بهترین موقع است برای استفاده کردنش نه من همه آرتیست Everyone should be doing whatever they can in whatever reshte and whatever job that they have to support what's happening in Iran, right? Um, you're a photographer, you're a fashion designer. توی یه شوکی بودم و اصلا یهو گیج بودم که نمیدونستم اصلا چیکار فقط مثل آدمای دیگه حالا تا جایی که میتونستم هر خبری که مثلا میشد مثل یه آدم عادی حالا مثل یه هنرمند شاید نه حالا اون اتفاقاتی که توی ایران میافتاد رو فقط سعی کردم به گوش بقیه کسایی که توی ایران نیستن برسونم که متوجه ایران بشن بتونن کمکش بکنن بعد اون یه کمی به خودم اومدم سعی کردم بتونم یه چیزی یه محتوایی درست بکنم که نشون دهنده به صورت جذابتر بتونه بدون اینکه من بخوام صحبت بکنم یا چیزی بنویسم اون اتفاقاتی که داخل ایران داره میفته رو انتقال بده به گوش بقیه برسونم حالا شاید عکس بوده ویدیو بوده موزیک مثلا تدوین یه ویدیو بوده از اتفاقات و میکس میکس اینها منتهی بعد چیزی که به ذهنم رسید که فکر می‌کردم که شاید خیلی بهتر باشه توی کاری که بیشتر خودم انجام میدم تصمیم گرفتم یه کالکشن آماده بکنم از با کانسپت اتفاقاتی که داره توی ایران میفته با تمام اون موضوعاتی که خیلی مهمتر هست و ایرانی ها الان توی ایران هموطنهای من دارن با جونشون میخوان فقط اینو به گوش همه آدما برسونن این شعار زن زندگی آزادی یعنی اون چیزی که دارن براش میجنگن اون چیزی که حقشون هست میخوان به ایران و من سعی کردم با یه مجموعه کوچیک از لباسایی که کاستومایز کردم اینو به گوشه حالا به بقیه نشون بدم چیز کرد tell me about i you're a you're a painter you're a photographer you're a fashion designer you're a young guy how long have you been in istanbul من 4 سال هست که به استانبول مهاجرت کردم به ترکیه مهاجرت کردم منطقه ها بخوام بگم که چه کاری انجام میدم یا چه کار هستم یه مقدار همیشه برای من سخته چون تو, تو هر چیزی خیلی دوست داشتم که اون کار رو انجام بدم از نقاشی بوده از درست کردن چیزهای مختلف کار کردم با چوب و شیشه و فلز و اینها و نمیتونم توی ایران هم این کار رو میکردیم بله توی ایران این کارو یعنی به صورت حرفه‌ای که بخوام به صورت شغل من باشه از 2011 شروع کردم. اوکی. یعنی دو سالت بود. نه. یس لوک سو یانگ. 2011. آی نو، آی نو. خب من مثلا 25 سالته. من 34 سالم. اوکی. آلرایت. آلرایت. وای شو یانگ. دی ایرانیان بلاد. آی اپریشییت Dara, tell me about the decision. You're obviously passionate about Iran and Iran being Iranian. Um, first of all, why did you move to Istanbul? خب من مثل بقیه ایرانی‌ها 
اگه میخواستم کار هنری کار مربوط به آرت تو ایران انجام بدم محدودیت های زیادی داشتم همیشه یه چیزایی بود که آدم اگه میخواست انجام بده باید میترسید که مثلا اگه میخواد یه جمجمه نقاشی بکنه بهش نگن که تو شیطان پرستی این یه مثال کوچیکشه اگر بخوای تصویر یک دختری رو بکشی باید جواب پس بدی و مثلا ممکنه که عذیتت بکنن که میکنن این کارو علاوه بر اینا یه مشکل دیگه‌ای که من داشتم یعنی حالا مشکل میشه گفت یه محدودیت بزرگی که داشتم به خاطر اعتقاد من بود چون من مسلمون نبودم مثل خیلی از آدم‌های دیگه تو ایران بهایی‌ها من بهایی هستم باز محدودیت‌های خیلی بیشتری دارن و یه اتفاقی که بر من افتاد این از انگار از این کار هنری که من انجام میدادم اینو بهونه کردن و در اصل به خاطر اینکه اعتقادم فقط اعتقاد, اعتقاد قلبی من فرق داشت من اونجا دوبار دستگیر کردن و حقیقتش من دیگه طاقت اینو نداشتم که بخوام توی ایران بمونم خیلی از دوستای من چه بهایی چه غیر بهایی تو ایران هستن بچه ها خیلی دارن تلاش میکنن خیلی دارن کار آرت انجام میدن ولی واقعا خیلی سخته و تجربه تلخی که من داشتم دیگه دیدم اگه بخوام باشم نمیتونم یعنی میخواستی بیای ترکی یا نه بیا حرف آسون ترین جای میتونستی یعنی اگر میتونستی میومدی کانادا یا فقط دیگه نمیخواستم توی ایران باشم یعنی یه جورایی فرار کردم از ایران هر جایی به غیر از ایران I was going to say you, you, your opposition to the regime and what's going on in Iran uh, didn't just start these last six weeks uh, seven weeks uh, since uh, the killing of Masa Amini you have your own experience um, being arrested being taken to jail periods where your parents didn't even know where you were میتونی یه کمی توضیح بدی exactly what you've gone through with the Iran فکر میکنم که سال 86 بود اگه اشتباه نکنم یه بار به خاطر یک نقاشی دیواری که خب حالا با اسپری مثل خیلی دیگه آرتیست ها داشتم این کار رو انجام میدادم که البته قبول دارم که شاید یه کاری بوده که خیلی مثلا شاید اجازه یه چیزی میخواسته ولی به اون بهانه من رو گرفتم و وقتی متوجه شدن که من بهایی هستم برخوردی که با من داشتم برخورد کسی نبود که روی دیوار نقاشی میکنه منو به یه جایی که چشم بسته نمیدونستم کجا هستم بردن اون موقع سنم کم بود 29 سالم این حدود بود آره بردن یه جای پنج روز اونجا بودم دائما بازجویی می شدم و اصلا بازجویی که می شدم در رابطه با کاری که انجام دادم نبود در رابطه با اعتقاد من بود که تو چرا بهایی هست تو پدرت مسلمونه تو حکمت اعدام میشه گفتم من عقیدم اینه و بعد از اون حدودا 9 سال بعد دوباره که میشه تقریبا 6 سال قبل دوباره منو گرفتن توی یه طرحی که خودشون داشتن که فقط آرتیستا رو بگیرن منو طبق چیزی که خودشون نوشته بودن به خاطر این انتخاب کردن که اعتقادم هم فرق داشت یعنی به خاطر اینکه بهایی بودن منو گرفتن وگرنه کسایی دیگه بودن که از دید خودشون توی اولویت بودن سری دوم 22 روز نمیدونستم کجام توی اتاق تنها بودم و دائما بازجوهایی که میشد 90 درصد مرتبط بود با اعتقاد من نه آرت من اگه منو به خاطر آرت گرفتم و بعد از اونم یه چهار روز به خاطر این کتاب بخوان 
یه وسیقه بیارم من آزاد بشم توی زندان بودم و میخوام بگم توی اون 22 روز انقدر شرایط وحشتناک بود بر من از لحاظ روحی که توی زندان تا بال این تجربه رو نداشتم من هیچ کدوم اینا رو تجربه نداشتم حالا به غیر از اون بازداشتگاه توی زندان احساس آزادی میکردم واو. یعنی خوشحال بودم که من الان توی زندانم آدم میبینم میتونم با کسی واو. صحبت بکنم و اون همون اکسپریانسی که داشتی یعنی مثلا تا آخر عمر همراه من میمونه یعنی من توی یک جنبه های از زندگیم به یک سری مسائل همیشه بدبینم همیشه میترسم که یک کسی با من صحبت میکنه یا با من داره نزدیک تر میشه این چه هدفی داره چون بعد از اینکه از اونجا در اومدم باز تا شیش ماه با من تماس میگرفتن میخواستن که من مثلا جاسوسی جامعه خودم رو بکنم جامعه بهایی رو بکنم برشون که من گفتم نه این کار نمیتونم بکنم این یعنی مثلا وقتی که این ویدیو رو میبینی که همین الان تو ایران که بسیج داره مدام میزنن و میکشن و اینا ناراحت کننده هست ولی مثلا عجیب نیست واسه شما اینا رو ببینید عجیب یعنی میگم نه سورپرایز البته الان چرا این یک ماه واقعا سورپرایز شدم یعنی چون تمام به خاطر اینکه چیزهایی که توی تاریخ ما راجع به خشونت اقوام قبل خونده بودیم الان چیزهایی اتفاق افتاد که از اونا خیلی بیشتر بوده مثلا این همه اون شک شد من اون موقعی که توی ایران بودم من نمیخوام چیز رو بزرگش بکنم اون دو, دو دفعه که منو گرفتن منو کتک نزدن ولی از لحاظ روحی سایکولوژیکلی تهدید کردم ولی هیچ وقت منو کتک نزدن منو شکنجه نکردن اگه اون اتفاق برای من میافتاد که اصلا دیگه نمیدونم واقعا ولی الان که دارم میبینم که جوان ها رو مثلا میگم میگم با من اون کار نکن اونقدر برای من وحشتناک بود و من 19 سالم بود سری دوم 24 5 سالم بود 25 6 سالم بود اون نوجوانی که 17 سالشه اونجا یا کمتر کمتر یا کمتر چیکار میکنه yeah. yeah. چی به اون میگذره do you on some level when you're in istanbul when you're this close to iran and you know all of that's happening even though you chose to come here and you had to come here you escaped to come here. Do you on some level feel um, guilty? You know, somebody at one of our guests last week used the word survivor's guilt. Do you feel guilty that you're here and you're not there somehow helping on the streets? ایرانی هایی که خارج از ایران هستن این حس سراغشون میاد بعض وقتا ناراحت میشن میگن من تو ایران نیستم اگه بودم منم شاید میتونستم کمک کنم ولی خب نمیدونم میتونم صادقانه بگم اونقدری شاید شجاعت اینو ندارم که الان بخوام برگردم و برم اونجا همراه مردممون بشم منتهی یه چیزی که هست فکر میکنم که حالا این یه اتفاق ناخواسته هستش این اتفاقی داخل ایران افتاده و حالا این جریانی که ایمان دارم که نتیجه خوبی ازش خواهیم گرفت به ماهایی که بیرون از ایران بودیم هم احتیاج داشته ام. یعنی ماها هم یه قسمت yes. کوچیکی رو انجام دادیم yes. اگه ما نبودیم 
نمیشد به اون سرعت اون اتفاقات به گوش دنیا برسه خیلی کار yes. من اگه اینجا یه چیز رو توی اینترنت میگم اینترنت هم دارم چون میدونم که خارج از اون محیطم و دورترم خیلی آزادانه این yes. کارو میکنم yes. ولی توی ایران ممکنه اون کارو خیلی نتونم راحت yes. انجام بدم حتی بچه های اونجا که باشون حرف میزنیم میگن که they, they hear us they appreciate the demonstrations and the support میدونن که تمام دنیا Donna support me and it means something to them, right? Um, do you, do you, does part of you want to be there? Alan, دوست دارم تو ایران باشم ولی تو این شرایط واقعا نمیتونم چون تجربه تلخی داشتم یعنی میگم صادقانه میگم من شجاعتشو الان ندارم که تو این شرایط تو ایران باشم خب when you talk about شجاعت Um, you're in your early 30s, mid 30s, so you're roughly the generation of the hash of the hash, the green movement. You were probably out there on the streets in 2009 as part of the hash of the hash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have made the comment um, that we can't believe the strength of this new generation. They know they might die. They know they, they'll certainly probably get arrested. They know they'll probably be injured. But they just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, tell me about your reaction to seeing the younger generation. Man, فقط شوک میشم. یعنی و فقط خودم تصور میکنم که وقتی اون سنی بودم چطوری بوده. حالا الان من تو این شرایطم و نمیدونم من بالاخره از اونجا انگار خودم. حالا کسی جلوی منو نگرفته بود ولی من خودم دیگه از اون محیط فرار کردم اومدم اینجا و دیگه نمیخوام توی اون محیط برگردم ولی وقتی اینو میبینم خودم رو میذارم میگم من مثلا 16 سالگی بودم برای من چه اتفاقاتی میافتاد کجا تونستم مثل اینا شجاعت داشته باشم یا نه و حالا اگه الان نیومده بودم و توی ایران بودم چیکار میکردم واقعا میرفتم همراهشون بودم یا نه یا تا چقدر میتونستم همراهشون بکنم البته یه چیز دیگه هم بگم که توی این مربوط میشه به اعتقادات خودم بر مبنای اون اعتقاداتی که دارم توی دیانت بهایی مدلی که ما بخوایم اعتراض بکنیم یه مقداری فرق میکنه یعنی کلن توی آین بهایی خشونت کلن حصف شده right. واسه همین من اگه ایران بودم شاید نمیرفتم توی خیابون بخوام مثلا با خشونت این کار رو انجام بدم ولی چرا میتونستم یه آرتی انجام بدم یا هر جور شده بتونم اون اخبار رو به گوش دنیا برسونم حالا میخواد با یه پست باشه با یه توییچ باشه با یه نقاشی باشه با هر چیزی باشه چون میدونم اون کار خطایی نیست کار خطایی انجام نمیدم با توجه به اعتقاداتی که خودم دارم یعنی نمیگم بقیه اشتباه میکنم. Dara, in a place like Toronto, um, a few notable people who are questionable of why, they, why they're there or where they get their money, support In community in Iranian, are they active? Are they protesting? Are they because my sense is that the Iranians here are a little bit more 
careful, a little bit more worried about who's asking, who's doing, and a little more trepidatious about putting themselves out there in a protest. همون آدمایی که توی تورنتو هستن اگه توی این شرایط بودن ممکن بود با اون قدری که اونجا آزادانه دارن فعالیت میکنن اینجا فعالیت نمیکردن یعنی چون یه سری من نمیخوام بگم که کسایی که اینجا هستن و فعالیت ندارن یا تلاشی نمیکنن کارشون درسته ولی میگم که اگه اینها اونجا بودن تلاش بیشتر میکردن چون میترسن هنوز چون یه اخباری میشنون که هنوز خیلی نزدیک به ایرانن یک سری ها رو اینجا میگیرن اذیت میکنن دوستای من اومدن اینجا هنوز دارن تهدید میشن رو تلفنشون روی ایمیلشون براشون مسیج میاد که ما خانواده های شما رو تو really? ایران اذیت میکنن you can tell that people are being followed here بله. بله. by who نمیتونم الان نام ببرم ولی از چند تا از دوستان من ولی مثلا کی دارن رژیم IRGC بله بله رژیم یعنی از خودشو معمور نظام معرفی میکنه میگه که اگر شما اونجا فعالیتی میکنی اگر یه پیج بزرگی داری توی اینستاگرام اگر یه عالمه آدم زیاد فالو تورو میکنن که بخوای تاثیر رو اونا بذاری و بر علیه ما چیزی انتشار بدی بر مبنای این جریان ما اینجا خانواده تو اینجا میدونی که ما میتونیم هر کاری بکنیم تظاهرات چی؟ Are there big protests here? اینجا چند تا بوده من فهم کنم دو سه تا شروع خودم رفتم یکیش خیلی زیاد بود خیلی زیاد بودیم همه ولی اونای دیگه خب مثلا خیلی آدما زیاد نبودن و به نسبت تعداد ایرانی هایی که اینجا توی استانبول هستن چون خیلی زیادیم ما خیلی زیاد آره. تعداد خیلی کم بوده چرا نمیدونم شاید یه سریا فکر میکنن که با اومدنشون شاید کمکی نمیکنن یه سریا میترسن یه سریا فکر میکنن که میخوان برگردن ایران بعد دیگه نمیتونن برگردن که خب درستم فکر میکنم ولی خب نمیدونم خب درست ممکنه فکر کنم ولی ولی اینطوری به قول همه دانه میگن you have to choose at this آه. point right آه. آه. I mean it's ولی ولی به این فکر نمیکنن که خب اگه این کار بکنن ممکنه دیگه همه بتونیم برگردیم ایران وقتی اون اتفاق بزرگ بیفته Do you uh, argue with these people? No, چون هر کسی هر کاری که دوست داره میتونه انجام بده. ولی ممکنه که من دیگه باهاشون در ارتباط نباشم. اگه دوست من بوده تا قبلا وقتی میبینم دوست من به فکر ایران نیست یعنی به فکر منم نیست. به فکر خانواده خودش هم نیست. پس من میگم اوکی تو من دیگه با تو کاری ندارم. دوستای دیگه ای انتخاب میکنم. یا اونا از دایره دوستی من خودشون حذف میشن ولی نمیتونم بگم تو چرا این کار نمیکنی یا اگه بخوام بگم خیلی کلی میگم اونا فقط زاویه دید منو ببینن شاید فکرشون تغییر بکنه چون ما تو ایران همش میترسیدیم همش اینکه یه وقت نکنه یه کاری رو بکنی تو تو خیابون داری راه میری کمترین چیزی که میتونم به یک پسر بگن سربازی رفته یا نه اوکی باید بری سربازی الان دیگه این کمترین چیزیه که راحت میتونه اتفاق بیاد. You said you, you like Istanbul now. Um, if things were to change in Iran, let's say, let's hope that the regime was gone. Uh, there's a free Iran. Would you stay here or would you return? من مطمئنم که این اتفاق میفته و مطمئنن برمیگردم ایران. منتها یه تجربه که توی این چهار سال اینجا داشتم این بود که ما ایرانی ها همیشه 
اگر مجبور می شدیم سفر می کردیم یا مجبور می شدیم یا به خاطر کاری بوده هیچ وقت اینطوری نبوده که مثلا آقا من میخوام سه سال برم توی کشور دیگه زندگی بکنم ببینم اونجا چیه اونجا چی میگذره و اون چیزایی که یاد میگیرم و برگرم توی کشور خودم حالا انجامش بدم و اجازهشو نداشتیم محدودی هیچ کشوری به ما ویزا نمیداده ولی الان که اینجا بودم اینم چقدر جالبه که ما جاهای مختلف میتونیم زندگی بکنیم و بعد برگردیم توی ایران اونجا پایگاه ما باشه یعنی صد درصد برمیگردم اونجا میشه پایگاه من مثل قبلا خونه من ولی خب من میرم جاهای مختلف دنیا رو میبینم و مدتی توشون زندگی میکنم و فهم کنم همه ایرانی ها منتظر اینن که این اتفاق بیفته تا همه برگردن و, و بعد از اون تمام غیر ایرانی ها میخوان بیان توی ایران چون میترسیدن قبلش بیان میخوام بیام اینه حالا توی ایران چیه ما چی داریم برای گفتن Thank you Thank you so much for doing this It's such a pleasure to be in your studio um, Let me ask you just a question just to get this response from you because I, I had a sense of it when I talked to you earlier When you think about this regime in Iran in the last 43 years how, how angry do you get? سوال سختی پرسیدین یعنی نمیدونم صد درصد عصبانی میشم ناراحت میشم ولی اونجوری که اونا میتونن تأثیر گذار باشن یا در ظاهر میتونن کاری انجام بدن من قدرتی ندارم من تفنگی ندارم که بخوام اون چیزی که داره باعث ظلم میشه رو بخوام از بین ببرم و مسلما ناراحت میشم چون اون توانو ندارم اما فکر میکنم که چیزی که من دارم و خیلی از هموطنهای من خیلی از جوانهای دیگه دارن اون از تمام تجهیزاتی که اونا دارن خیلی قوی تره و اون ایمان و اون عشقی هستش که تو دلشون هست اون چه کلمه میتونم بگم اون احساس پاکشون و اون حقیقت جوییشون اون فکر میکنم خیلی مهمتر باشه یعنی همیشه تاریخ اینو نشون داده بزرگترین حکومت ها قوی ترین حکومت ها شکست خوردن در برابر مردمی که هیچی دست خالی بودن به خاطر اینکه همیشه حقیقت پیروز میشه یعنی چون حقیقت پیروز میشه اصلا کاری نداره که شما یک نفر باشین یا هزار نفر باشین به دخره حقیقت پیروز میشه Thought that never changes remains a stupid lie It's 
Uprising live from Istanbul. And my final guest is a talented portrait photographer who spent years trying to make things work in his area of creative photography in Mashhad, where he's from, and Tehran, and finally fled Iran about four years ago. He's a young guy who's the founder of D. Hayes Vision, which is a photography and video production agency in Istanbul. He has been very active um, in the ongoing protests. Uh, that are happening in, in Istanbul in support of what's happening in Iran. We recorded this interview earlier today at a little street side table in Istanbul near the Galata port where Turkish folks gather to drink tea. Here's a conversation with Amir Asghari. Amir, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Istanbul چهار سال تقریبا چرا اینجا اومدیم؟ چرا اینجا اومدم؟ خیلی ساده است فقط به خاطر کار یعنی کاری که دوست داشتم تو ایران نمیشد انجام داد و خیلی هم ساده عکاسی تو ایران مشکل داره و نمیشه عکاسی کرد هر عکاسی این عکاسی فشن عکاسی پورتره تو ایران تقریبا جرمه جرم نانوشته تا به یه چیزایی ارتباطش دادن و نوشتنش ولی شما اگه عکاسی فشن بکنی فشن فوتوگرافر باشی یا خیلی از ژانرهای دیگه تو عکاسی و حتی ویدیوگرافی شما جرم در واقع و میگیرنت ولی مثلا فوتوگرافر I would think you need to you need to take pictures you know even in a islamic regime or whatever یعنی وقتی داخلشی متاسفانه پذیرفتیش وقتی اونجا زندگی میکنی اونجا رشد کردی بزرگ شدی حواست نیست بعد یه سری سالها بعد سالهایی که میگذره 20 سالت میشه 25 سالت میشه 30 سالت میشه میبینی یک رشته کاری رو انتخاب کردی و یک فضایی رو درش موندی که جرمه و تو داری باش دست و پا میزنی تو داری هی توش خودتو سعی میکنی بکشونی بالا در صورتی که باید از خیلی چیزا فرار کنی شما ده سال you were working as a photographer in Iran الان چند سالته؟ الان سی سالم سی سالم تازه یه مون بیشون سی سالم هاپی برده چی شد که در سن بیست و شیش سالگی دیگه بود that you decided I'm gonna go to now I'm gonna leave Iran ببینید توی ایران هم اینجوری بودم که با همه سختی سوشم کارم میکردم خب محدود شده بودم خیلی محدود شده بودم یعنی من مثلا فشن فوتوگرافی نمیکردم اولا چون اونجا اگه بخواید کار فشن بکنی بعد روابط داشته باشی و یه عده هستن دارن کار میکنن یه عدهشون به سختی اما یه عدهشون دارن با روابطشون کار میکنن رابطه دارن و میمونن اونجا کارشون هم میکنن کسی کارشون نداره اما روابطی نداشتم اون وسط و به خاطر همین عکاسی کودک میکردم سعی میکردم پول خوبی از تو عکاسی کودک در بیارم و کار فشن نکنم دیگه اواخر دیگه سخت شده بود و داشتم بهم به 
یه سیخی میزدن گیر میدادن که مسکیده داره برد مشکل به وجود میاد و منم گذاشتم اومدم دیگه تا میشد موندم ولی دیگه نشد که نموندم Was it hard to leave Iran? سخت بود؟ سخت که خیلی انسان عادت میکنه به یه سری چیزا یعنی شما اگر حد اقلی مسئله مالی رو بتونی نگهداری برای من نه برای من برای من جنگ بود برای من جنگیدم بود همش با چیزهایی که درست نبود ولی تا اونجا بودم تا تصمیم به موندن اونجا داشتم حالا سعی میکردم بد نباشه از این سری چیزا قطعا ناراحت میشدم از این سری چیزا باورپذیر نبود برام اصلا ولی تا اونجا بودم سعی کردم که حالم خوب باشه سختی شد دیگه نمیتونم بگم سخت بود و داشتم عذاب میکشیدم داشتم میجنگیدم کاری که خیلی ها در جای دیگه با سیستمی که اونجا داره بهم به دستور میده با سیستمی که داره میگه بشین اینجا بشین اینجا اونجا نشین اون کارو نکن دارم میجنگم یعنی عملا همین اون تایم داشتم میجنگیدم حالا میتونم توی کلمه سختی تعریفش کنم ولی الان خب قضیه اونجا تغییر کرده شد من چهار سال پیش دارم صحبت میکنم الان فضا تغییر کرده و خیلی بدتر شده خیلی بدتر شده ولی یعنی امکان نیست که you wouldn't want to live there حالا we'll get to the uprising the, the new revolution but the way it's been for the last four years you wouldn't there wasn't while you've been in Istanbul you haven't thought Oh, maybe I should move back to Iran. یه جایی به بعد دیگه مسئله این بود که نمیتونستم بپذیرم که باید محدود شم. تا یه جایی این رو سرکوب شده بودم. میدونی یه دلیل این که از یه حدی ناراضی تر نبودم این بود که سرکوب شده بودم. ما از بچگی تو ایران سرکوبیم. یعنی اولین اتفاقی که تو ایران میفته سرکوبه. شما از وقتی که به دنیا میای با کمترین علمان ها شما سرکوب میشی. این انقلاب داره چه اتفاق میفته؟ داره از کجا اتفاق میفته؟ این رولوشن داره از کجا اتفاق میفته؟ از جایی که بیشترین سرکوب وجود داشت. سرکوب توی قسمت زنان بود. بیشترین سختی و زنا کشیدن توی این سالها. از حجاب بگیر تا هر چیزی. و این سرکوب مال امروز نیست. مال 20 سالگی فقط نیست. مال شغل من فقط نیست. این سرکوب مال بچگیه از بچگی شروع شده این کارو بکن اون کارو نکن این خلاف اون درسته و این ادامه پیدا کرده منم تو 20 سالگی که تو 16 سالگی 17 سالگی که این شغل رو انتخاب میکنم هی سرکوب میشم هی میپذیرم که باید این کارو نکنم هی میپذیرم که باید این قسمت شغل رو انجام ندم ما هی میپذیرفتیم در گذشته هی میپذیرفتیم مدام میپذیرفتیم که اوکی این کارو نباید کرد اینجا نباید رقصید اینجا نباید موزیک خوند اینجا نباید فلان کار کرد این مشروب مال ما نیست میپذیرفتیم و هی خودمون رو تطبیق میدادیم با شرایط هی وفق میدادیم با شرایط ولی الان دیگه کسی نمیپذیره دیگه جایی تو من جایی از ایران اومدم بیرون که دیگه نمیتونستم بپذیرم تو اون شرایط بمونم هم امنیت هم در خطر بود هم دیگه کاری که میخواستم و سالها نمیتونستم بکنم میبرم الان آدم که تو ایران دارن این کار میکنن دیگه نمیتونم بپذیرم It sounds like, I mean Based on everything you've said You obviously Support the, the new revolution that's happening in Iran uh-huh. Tell me Were you 
were you surprised after the killing of Masa Amini that it has grown into what it's grown into? Qat'an, tabi'atan surprised shedim. Va etefaqi bud ke ma hamishe tu zehnam bud. Yek jayi in etefaqa miyofte. Hamuntor ke Masa Amini شروع این اتفاقات نبود ما قبلش خیلی یار داشتیم و سالها بود که داشت به صورت دومینو بار این اتفاقات می افتاد هر جو مرج اسمش هر جو مرج اتفاقی که برای هر دیکتاتوری می افته یعنی هر دیکتاتوری به مرور میرسه به هر جو مرج هر چقدر هم که خفقان ایجاد کنه هر چقدر که محدودیت ایجاد کنه بالاخره میرسه به هر جمرج و این هر جمرج اینطوری نیست که بره بالا بیاد پایین بره بالا نه اینطوریه که از یه جایی به بعد دیگه میره بالا و اضافه میشه و هر روز بیشتر میشه تو همین یک ماه داریم میبینیم تو همین چلو, چلو چند روز داریم میبینیم هر روز این هر جمرج بیشتر شده و چیزی که کل قصه رو تغییر میده همین هر جمرج همین هاست که هیزم خودشونه و دیگه نمیتونن جلوی تغییر رو بگیرن Okay, so I, I, but as you say, there's so many versions of this that have happened um, before the student riots of 1999, the, the Green Movement, Hashida Hash, the Aubon. Um, this time, this time it just keeps growing, it keeps growing. It doesn't stop it. به خاطر اینکه چند تا اتفاق میفته ببینید قدرت این رژیم فقط در ایجاد ترس بود دیگه جواب نمیده شما تا یه جایی میتونی یه نفر رو بترسونی وقتی که دیگه بلا رو سرش بیاری دیگه نمیترسه من از تو گوشی خوردم میترسم اگه چند تا بهم تو گوشی بزنی دیگه نمیترسم اگه به صد نفر تو گوشی بزنی روزی صد تا تو گوشی ببینم دیگه نمیترسم این یکیشه یکیش تصور قدرت تخیله انسان از روز اول بودنش یه تفاوتی با همه جاندارها داشته تخیله قدرت تخیل بوده میتونسته تخیل کنه و تمام چیزهایی که به دست آورده با تخیل کردن بود اول تخیل کرده بعد تصور کرده و بعد به واقعیت پیوسته تو تا نتونی تصور کنی تا نتونی تخیل کنی نمیشه تو باید اول از ذهنت استفاده کنی همه این کار کردن این مدت این مدت یه اتفاق عجیبی افتاده ده زیادی کارهای هنری تولید میکردن که تخیلاتشون رو به تصویر میکشیدن و مردم آشنا میکردن با چیزی که واقعا قراره در ایران بعد از انقلاب اتفاق بیفته ایران بعد از انقلاب مردم ببینی این شکلیه این شکلی میشه تو باید ببینی بتونی باورش کنی تا این اتفاق نیفته تو براش قدمی بر نمیداری دیدن مردم که این کار کردن دیدن مردم که پا شدن تمومش کنن و این دوتا از علتاییه که این دفعه متوقف نشده تو چیزی رو که دیگه تصورش کنی نمیتونی نداشته باشیش تو وقتی که تو ایدت تو زنت میاد که با من فلان ماشین رو دیگه باید بخرم اوکی. اگه ببینیم میشه وای نمیشه سر جان پا میشی میری جلوتر یه قدم براش برمیداری یه قدم هی میه جلوتر و هر روز هی همه دارن یه قدم میرن جلوتر تا بهش برسن این از چیزایی که تفاوتش رو نظرم uh, Have you been involved in the protests here in Istanbul? 
آره دو سه بار من رفتم ولی خب اینجا هم فضای خیلی جالبی نداره اینجا هم بگم چرا من مثلا ما که از تورنتو میایم اونجا که there's huge protests هر هفته حتی two or three times during the week Los Angeles هم همینطور لندن هم همینطور اینجا که up to one million Iranians are in Turkey and many of them in Istanbul چرا بیشتر نمیبینیم اجا تظاره تلاینی زیادی داره یکیش اینه که اینجا بالای هشتاد حتی نوت درصد ایرانی های استانبول و ترکیه اقامت درستی ندارن اقامتی دارن که سالیانه تمدید میشه سالیانه هی باید این عوض بشه و هیچ, هیچ اعتباری نداره که سال بعد این وجود داشته باشه So این همون مشکل تصور تخیل اشتباهه یعنی یه باور ندارن هنوز که این اتفاق میتونه بیفته و میترسن از اینکه شش ماه دیگه یه سال دیگه مجبورشن برگردن ایران و تو همون اتفاق برگردن این یکیشه دلیل دیگه شم که هم خیلی نزدیکیم به ایران و آدم های زیادی هم دارن اینجا و امنیت خیلی اندازه کانادا امنیت نه از تورنتو امنیت نداره اینجا و خب ما چیزای زیادی هم اینجا دیدیم شنیدیم تو همین مدت یه امنیتشون به خطر افتاده اینجا و دلیل اصلیش اینا دو تا دلیلشه یه دلیل دیگه‌ش که خود دولت ترکیه خیلی همراهی نمی‌کنه اصلا یعنی لوکیشن‌های بدی رو در نظر می‌گیره جمعیت رو به سرعت متفرق می‌کنه نمیذاره جمعشین و دلیل زیادی داره که اینجا اتفاق نمیفته منطقی هم هست نسبت به تورنتو نسبت به جای دیگه که من دارم میبینم منطقیه که اینجا جمعیت کم باشه Does it um, in terms of the Iranian Iranians that you know here uh, is it that some of them don't want a revolution uh, or is it simply that they're based on the laws here based on the culture here and based on the fear of have potentially going back to Iran they don't want to participate مسئله اینه که یه ده باور ندارن یعنی آره فکر میکنن که این اتفاق نمیفته و وقتی درصدشون کمه یعنی مثلا من فکر میکنم 20 درصد هستن که هنوز باور ندارن به این داستان ولی دام هستن که خب نمیخوان هستن توی استانبول هستن همونجوری که تو تورنتو هستن تو جای دیگه هستن یه دستان که نمیخوان و کاملا سکوت کردن و سکوتشون مشخصه دیگه داره تفکیک میشه داریم میبینیم که چه کسی میخواد چه کسی نمیخواد چه کسی مردده داریم تردیدها رو میبینیم کسایی که تردید دارن کسایی که مطمئن نیستن از رفتارشون داریم تو سوشال میدیا میبینیم مثلا مشخصه اون آدم قدرت تخیلش رو نداره اون آدم آگاهیش رو نداره دیتای مورد نیاز رو نداره که متوجه شه که چقدر میتونه یک نفره تأثیر گذار باشه و چقدر احتمال افتادن این اتفاق زیاد شده در تاریخ یک بار داری زندگی میکنی یک بار داری جوونی میکنی و تو این یک بار تو حاضر نشدی حتی یک بار مطمئن باشی به این که این اتفاق افتادنیه و داره میفته و یک کاری براش بکنه و امیدوارم که این اتفاق بیفته هر, هر روز تعداد کسی که میپذیرن و باور میکنن اینو بیشتر بشه تا این احتمال این اتفاق بیشتر شد Besides going to protests what have you been involved in in terms of supporting 
what's happening in Iran. بیشترین کاری که من میتونم بکنم سوشال مدیا توی اینستاگرام و توی جای این شکلی مهمترین اتفاق ممکن آگاهی آگاهی دادنه اینکه من بتونم یه عده‌ای رو آگاه کنم چند هزار نفر رو میتونم در روز آگاه کنم از اتفاقاتی که داره میفته رسانه از همه چیز مهمتره اگر تو ایرانم به عکاسی سخت میگیرن به رسانه سخت میگیرن چون میترسن از رسانه از هر گونه ثبت تصویری میترسن Do you on some level Amir do you do you wish you were there protesting in Mashhad آره شاید دفعه پیش میترسیدم از این داستان سالهای پیش اما این دفعه واقعا دوست داشتم که اونجا بودم و میرفتم با بچه ها کم ولی یه چیزی که دارم میبینم و خیلی اتفاق از طرفی ناراحت کننده است واسم این که من روز اول موافق بودم که خودم برم تو خیابون ولی نبودم و نمیشدم برم بنابرای دلیل اتفاقی که افتاد اونهایی که رفتن کف خیابون چیزهایی دیدن و چیزهایی تجربه کردن که الان آدمهای دیگه ای ازشون ساخته شده آدمهایی بسیار شجاعتر و نترستر از من من دیگه مثل اونا نمیشم این حسرت برام این حسرت برام که اونها اینقدر شجاع شدن به واسطه روزهای زیادی کف خیابون بودن واسه یه عده روتین شده کف خیابون بودن زندگی روتینشون 17 سالشون هم هست آره 17 سالشه 20 سالشه 25 سالشه یعنی میبینم که همسن خودم هم زیاد هستش اونجا که این کار میکنه ولی میبینم که یه چیز رو دست دادم این با شاید اتفاقای دیگه هم برام میافتاد ولی خب میبینم که این شجاعت اونها که ستودنی هم هست فقط در اون صورت اتفاق میافتاد که من اونجا باشم و دارم میبینم که آدم ها دارن تغییر میکنن آدم ها بسیار دارن عوض میشن چیزهایی دارن تجربه میکنن که من تجربه نکردم امیدوارم بعدیه تو ایران باشه با خودت تو ایران نشسته باشیم یه جا و این صحبت ها رو بکنیم و تصور میکنیم اون لحظه ها رو اون روز ها رو و چیزی که تصور میکنی نمیشه اتفاق نیفته اتفاق میفته همون قدری که امروز غیر قابل باور بود برای آدم ها در یک سال پیش دو سال پیش همون قدری که امروز غیر قابل باور بود برای آدم ها تا همین چند ماه پیش و همون اندازه یک سال آینده غیر قابل باور برای خیلی ها این اتفاق میفته منم خوشحال شدم از صحبت باهات as a conversation from earlier today with the portrait and fashion photographer Amir Asghari. We were in a little street side table in Istanbul near the Galata port for that conversation. What do you say, Shia? Interesting people, huh? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. I really enjoyed all the three people and their inside. You know, it was really new to me, kind of. We like, Yeah. We've recorded what uh, uprising, it's like uh, six weeks, but the like uh, I, i've listened something new and it was it's nice. really true it's yeah. really true it's a different perspective yeah. here in istanbul and, and a really really powerful and 
and and uh, profound one. I thank all of them, and uh, I'm still going to be here in Istanbul. We're going to do another show from Istanbul on on Thursday. Um, thank you to Pega in Toronto and and Shia there. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to the the recording studio we're in here uh, in in Istanbul. It's called Moda Plus. Do you know the you know where Moda is, uh, Shia? Moda you mean mo- in music? No. Moda is <laughs> no Moda is an area on the uh, Asian side of Istanbul. Oh no, it's, I a, didn't. it's a really really cool area. Oh, no, uh, and so, if you're in Istanbul or you're coming here, you got to check out these and you want to do some recording. Moda Plus Recording Studio. Uh, there's a couple of guys who've been uh, working with us here, both of whom say their name is Mehmet. Mm. I mean, uh, the first the, the first gentleman who's like running the studio is I'm I'm Mehmet, and then the other guy said I'm Mehmet. Then I started to get suspicious. Everybody's just saying their name is Mehmet, but um, it, it, but if you call Moda Plus, just ask for Mehmet, and you'll you'll find one of them. <laughs> um, the great guys, and we really appreciate their their support of having us here. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Um, Roham, who's here in uh, Istanbul, and Ahita back in, in home there, Parisa, Pega, Mertad, and Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. As ever, Mizun Mashin. <laughs>